Hello and welcome to Interlinked, the podcast series under the Center for New Economic Studies, OP Jindal Global University. Interlinked aims to break down barriers between various social, political, and economic issues and have nuanced discussions about the intersections between them. I'm Ashika Thomas, a research analyst at the center and a third-year economics major. And joining me as my co-host is Shiva Kanwar. Hi, Shiva. Hi. Yeah, hi, Ashika. I'm Shiva Kanwar. I'm a research associate with the digital team at Ikria. Today, our conversation is going to revolve around internet governance in flux. What does it mean for India? This is the first podcast from a collaboration series between CNES and Ikria, where we will be tackling India's digital and telecom sector and its underpinnings. Uh, so our guest today is Isha Suri. Uh, Isha is a senior researcher at CIS, the Center for Internet and Society. Uh, she has an interest in telecom policy, competition law, internet governance, intellectual property rights, and privacy and data protection. With a commendable amount of experience in the policy space, especially in the field of telecom and technology, we hope to discuss the current situation of internet governance in India in terms of the major stakeholders, their roles, and other issues in the space. With that being said, thank you so much, Isha, for joining us today. Thanks, Ashika. Thank you, Shiva. It's really a pleasure to be here and look forward to the discussion. Yeah, likewise. All right. Uh, so to kick off this conversation, uh, Isha, could you please begin by broadly describing what Internet governance is and elaborate on what are some of the key institutions that work in the field and the role that they play? All right. I mean, strictly speaking, or the definition of internet governance as we know it is, uh, it's really complementary development and application by governments, the private sector, civil society, and technical community in their respective roles. What that really means is that uh, the model for internet governance that the global uh, citizens really follow is a multi-stakeholder or a bottom-up approach, where each stakeholder. Uh, be it the government, be it your technical community, be it your civil society, or be it your business community, has a respective role to play, and each one of them contributes into the policy making that happens. This definition uh, that I just sort of uh, loosely uh, explained to you was put forth by uh, uh, the, the Working Group on Internet Governance in 2005. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, if you want to just broadly understand, there was a constant back and forth while some governments really wanted it to be a multilateral approach where, you know, it is an inter- intergovernmental organization where various governments weigh in and uh, sort of uh, speak about what the policy issues should be like. Coming to the point of what the institutions or the major institutions are at this point, there is one major institution known as the ICANN or the Internet Corporate International Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. That uh, I'm sorry, it's the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers or the ICANN, which basically looks at uh, your domain names, internet protocol addresses. So what is it that your domain name system should look like? Apart from that, there is also a standard uh, setting, sort of a standard making body, which is again a voluntary organization, which is known as the IETF. So the IETF basically is, again, a not-for-profit organization and where various volunteers contribute to their technical expertise. What both these organizations aim really is, it's to ensure a globally unified namespace to ensure global reach of the internet. So basically, their 
whole idea while formulating this policy or for, while formulating these norms around which internet governance has to revolve around was that internet should remain like a global uh, interconnected network of networks and it shouldn't really be siloed and that was the whole idea with which this entire multi stakeholder process emanated right right i think uh, now that you know we have set kind of the base of you know how you define uh, internet governance i think we can go forward and look at you know how, how where does india fit in you know globally or domestically what um, how what is india's stance exactly on internet governance So India stands uh, in 2015 uh, during the BRICS in Russia. India officially endorsed the multi-stakeholder process of uh, internet governance, where they basically said that uh, just like every Indian citizen uh, should have a role in policy making, so must every global citizen. That being said, there is also a, 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 the government of India in its statement, and this was also reiterated during the 2016 ICANN that held in uh, Hyderabad the ICANN 57, wherein the government uh, uh, sort of, you know, said that in areas of cyber security, uh, that will remain the sole remit of the government. The government will have the sovereign right as in when matters of national security are involved. Even domestically, uh, the Indian government's uh, stance has been of one of a multi-stakeholder model for internet governance. Uh, however, the Indian delegation, while it, its engagements with ICANN, has often called for more adequate representation at the international fora because uh, uh, that being said with this multi-stakeholder model and if you follow the the workings of the of the community or the ICANN you would see that the Indian uh, stakeholders are not adequately represented that means that knowing that the second largest internet user base comes from this side of the map uh, we still would you wouldn't want enough uh, Indians at important or prominent positions within the various advisory committees. How does that matter? That really matters because your local needs and aspirations are really do not get a voice uh, at the fora, right? So it, it really isn't a multi-stakeholder in, in its basic or purest form, if it were to understand that every citizen is not really getting the sort of voice that they deserve. Okay, so you talk about uh, multi-stakeholderism and what it ideally should be and how India has a sort of unique twist to their approach and multi-stakeholderism and, uh, and while also advocating for more representation for countries or, or maybe uh, stakeholders who have not generally been allowed to be a part of the conversation. So uh, coming to these models of Indian governance, right, multilateral and multi-stakeholder, so uh, can you just some, provide a little bit of background on these approaches or maybe uh, just contrast the implications versus one another and how they came about? Again, I mean, so I think for this, we'd have to sort of go back a little and look at how really Internet came about, right? Internet did not come about because of any sort of government will or intention. It was it it, it, it was basically, again, a, a sort of system that the government got involved later on. So uh, and then there was a, a, a sort of back and forth. And it was, I think, the the, uh, the, the pivotal shift, if, if I were to put it like that, happened in 2016, where uh, it is also known as the ERNR transition, where they said that even though you keep talking about the multi-stakeholder model, why does the US government through the NTIA have a sort of oversight 
over what is really happening because i can at the end of the day is a very very important uh, uh, infrastructure right and if that is if any government has a sort of oversight or role in in the workings of the internet and how it how it functions or how it's structured it is still not a multi stakeholder model in the sense and it was in 2016 that you know i can uh, move towards the multi stakeholder model uh, that being said while i was elaborating about uh, during 2003 to 2005 during the visses and the sort of the working group on internet governance there was there was considerable back and forth because you had a certain set of stakeholders that said that no you know you still it still has to follow a multilateral approach whereas various governments it it's like an intergovernmental organization where various governments something uh, along the lines of say the itu right where where various governments come together formulate policies deliberate about what the policies regarding uh, the internet should be like uh, which includes your technical norms uh, regarding the technical infrastructure and it also sort of um, uh, delves into related areas so when it began with some of the discussions was also about whether the role or whether when we talk about internet governance should be only restrict ourselves to what the technical uh, uh, norms should be like or should we go beyond it uh, when i say should we go beyond it i mean should other sort of um, areas like freedom of speech and expression your privacy risks uh, so on and so forth do they also come within the ambit of internet governance Uh, and it was in 2015 that india publicly endorsed its support towards the multi stakeholder model and there are still certain countries that do not endorse it like china for instance still says that you know you should follow a multilateral model so does russia they, they still feel that it should be uh, within the remit of uh, uh, the government or you know it should still be an igo or an intergovernmental organization where various governments represented through their uh, bureaucrats have a say that being said i if you were to ask me i think there are trade offs in both sort of approach as someone who's been on the sidelines and who's been watching about uh, 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 with uh, the workings that i can and as also someone who's uh, often uh, uh, felt that there is there isn't really uh, enough diversity even if i can really wants to say that you know uh, there is uh, we want to be a more diverse more inclusive sort of an organization i still feel that uh, that's truly not the case uh, and uh, uh, a multi stakeholder model should not really mean like a capture by business organizations or even a, a capture by uh, uh, some of the more uh, like the western society so to speak in fact you know there is a lot of discussions within i can also uh, that, that sort of have hinted at it and if i'm not wrong uh, there was um, a report by the uh, of the french uh, uh, national registry i think somewhere around 2016 2017 where they done an entire study about uh, what diversity statistics are within icann including their representation at various sos and acs and then the results were not so promising second thing which i feel is that you know when you have this bottom up policy making processes the uh, uh, the policy development processes really go on forever like they, 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 so, so, so the time taken for any sort of policy uh, to see light of day um, is not really there so those are some of the other some of the sort of more glaring challenges uh, that i see so uh, do i do i think that is reason enough for this multi stakeholder model to sort of be done away with i don't think so but i do feel that there's definitely areas of improvement and there'll always be trade offs uh, you you also have to understand it when every stakeholder has a voice there'll definitely be multiple backs and forth and you probably just need to have certain mechanisms in place 
to make this entire approach more efficient. I think based on my experience so far, that's where I am at uh, in terms of the various policies. Right, Isha, so you, you have mentioned like the importance of, you know, multi-stakeholder approach. So it's important to bring up, you know, the Internet Governance Forum that uh, took place for the, you know, in, in India recently hosted its first one last year. So, um, and the theme was kind of, you know, inclusive Internet for digital India. So I just wanted to understand, I know you had mentioned previously the importance, but this is like a, a forum to discuss policies, right? So I wanted to see uh, to kind of understand like the history, the background, and also whether you know the most recent di uh, discussion does it like promise uh, substantive outcomes? Do you think there'll be um, any visible uh, sort of um, outcomes that we could see in the sector? That's a very interesting uh, question, um, Ashika, and also you know it just uh, also I think a very important and optimistic take really that uh, we want um, tangible outcomes with just one uh, internet governance forum that has happened in India. That being said, uh, I mean, you'd be interested to know, and I think I'm, I'm sure it will be of interest to listeners also, that even though the Indian Internet Governance Forum happened this year, the actual sort of uh, uh, calls for it, or, you know, uh, we've been asking for something like that to happen years before it. And um, uh, so this is basically a, a national internet governance forum. So the internet governance forum happens every year. And um, uh, it's it's along the same lines. I mean, as I, as I said, it's more it follows um, in principle uh, the approach of participative democracy, uh, which is where you feel and 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 uh, which is where you feel that every stakeholder sort of participates. Um, and and it's basically an idea for everybody to weigh in to talk about recent developments, uh, key takeaways, um, and uh, and at the end of the IG, there, there isn't any binding sort of a document. Like you know, it doesn't end with something that says that you know we've discussed this 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 and this 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 needs to be done it's it's not binding in in that manner uh, but what it does do is that uh, it sort of brings people together there is a lot of conversation across there, there's a lot of discussion around the recent developments within the realm of internet governance and as i said you know it, it's moved beyond just being looked at a very uh, techno sort of a domain and uh, coming to the India Internet Governance Forum, this was the first forum. And why are these regional IGFs and these national IGFs uh, important? As I said, that they were like, you know, people who are working in this space were asking for it for some time now, is because there is always a regional context to policy making. Um, coming like, for instance, if I come to India, there are there is a lot of linguistic diversity, which we already know about. And as you often say that India is this sort of land of conundrum when it comes to digital access, digital adoption, digital literacy, uh, there is a huge divide in all of those spheres. Uh, and so some of those, so mainstreaming some of those conversations is very important. Uh, understanding local needs, uh, uh, local sort of uh, uh, demands and, and, and so on and so forth is also very important. So I think in that, and you have to frame this in along those lines and understand the need for it. That is why I feel this was a very, very important and a timely step. Uh, looking at the discussions, I mean, uh, again, it was uh, split into various themes and you had some discussions, like there was one panel that uh, uh, I planned along with the career where we talked about um, uh, internet access. Uh, um, so, so 
it 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 sort of went into uh, uh, the digitization roadmap in in terms of like what has worked, what has not worked in in India so far. What's our digital journey been like, and what should it look like? I mean, what should the next phase of the journey look like? And that therein had like a host of sort of sessions which looked at cyber safety, uh, 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 gender violence in the online spaces, uh, uh, shortcomings or digital divide. And then there were also certain deliberations around the multi-stakeholder model. You know, like has it worked? What has worked? What has not worked? What has not worked? And you know, how can that be made better? And what are some challenges that are unique and peculiar to India in terms of, you know, um, as I said, access is a issue, but linguistic diversity is another aspect of it. So I I do feel that some of those conversations did sort of get the space. But if I were to sort of completely dissociate from this zone and and look at what was the whole purpose of the intention, I think another intention was to sort of mainstream these conversations or to begin these conversations to bring a, a sort of you know the next generation of digital users uh, on board, make them aware of these issues, make them aware of the sort of um, discussions that are happening at the IGF and obviously at the regional level. And I really hope. that happens and for that to continue we have to continue hosting it you know it, it cannot be a one off event it we have to continue hosting it and secondly i feel that there could have been more representation from a uh, 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 civil society and you know some of those other uh, sort of people also could have been brought into the fold which 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 i feel at this point in time may have uh, been lacking or you know but but that being said even igf may it says you are hosting a regional or a national igf out of out like if you at least have three stakeholders of the four that i talked about that is good enough for you to be hosting regional igf so i remain optimistic but yes in terms of learning i feel that there should be more representation from like a diverse set of stakeholders i personally would have enjoyed uh, attending the sessions more okay that's a lot of food for thought for uh, india's first internet governance forum so uh, okay isha now i would like to pull back a little bit and address something that you touched upon earlier uh, when you said most of the key institutions are voluntary so uh, and you also highlighted some challenges about the lack of diversity and how uh, certain interested parties like uh, business organizations who have a monetary interest or uh, the people who are the first mover advantage like the western society they have sort of captured these institutions uh, but you know how do these two factors of being the, of uh, the organizations being voluntary uh, play into the debate sounding surrounding internet governance coupled with these challenges that multi stakeholderism and uh, the sort of uh, this dynamic brings that's a really interesting question um and it is also feeds a lot into the sort of work that i've been doing or trying to do uh, with respect to the ig space in india and this was something that really um, came to my attention in a very organic manner i mean so we used to host these regular pre meeting briefings and post read outs and and usually what i've seen and this is again my opinion and i could i mean anybody is open to disagree with it is like you do not like and this is something that we've often sort of lamented within ourselves is that you do not see enough representation or adequate representation at the stakeholder committees in icann so on paper it's open to participation but why is the participation skewed in favor of um, certain countries that you are rightly pointed out 
including like some of their you know you you see their private sector heavily invested you uh, in their uh, it's for instance in their intellectual property constituency you'll see like, like a lot of uh, partners lawyers all being there and as as you said it's a voluntary organization and many and many of the volunteers it's it's an unpaid sort of a job for them secondly i mean and this could be a pandemic after effect also uh, uh but during this the, the hours were all over the place so there was definitely a volunteer fatigue by the time we had this conversation with some of the stakeholders but even otherwise i can is you know held thrice a year and it's usually held in different parts of the world uh, traveling is an issue so like getting visa is uh, is an issue so you do not so and and i mean they may sound like a very very petty issue but what what eventually happens is that a lot of people cannot either afford to go because a it's not something that their organization is paying for and b they do not really get any sort of recognition for it back home also i mean this is something that you're doing out of your free will and out of your interest for sure uh, and then and, and then how does how does it impact us uh, i'll give you a small example um so so i can has uh, various uh, supporting organizations and advisory committees and uh, some of those one of those advisory committees is the root server system advisory committee and uh, india since 2015 has sort of been uh, asking i can to formal sort of discussions informally also on the side that why is it that 10 out of 13 root servers are housed in the united states of america you have two in i think the eu and one is uh, in asia but in general you know and, and why isn't it that when majority of your sort of users come from this side and the next sort of billion online users are, are definitely going to come from this side of the globe why isn't there enough geographic diversity where infrastructure is sort of concerned and interestingly i can also constituted a rssac governance um, uh, model and they had like a working group and there i think just three or two sort of rssac caucus members from india now imagine this there is a document that is being made regarding the very issue that you sort of tried to engage over the past 4 5 years yet back home there's hardly any murmur in the technical community that document goes out it's open to public comment there's hardly any comment from this side of the globe and and then it becomes very difficult to sustain those sort of engagements you know you also have to understand that every year from india there there just a handful of representatives that are really really talking about it and one of the reasons is obviously volunteer fatigue secondly there is also because there isn't enough discussion happening back home i think that that also feeds into lack of sort of a capacity building i mean the a and awareness and that really impacts your ability to sort of have a voice at these international forums and and that really has been sort of one of our biggest lament factor that we really haven't been able to sort of um, represent ourselves proportionate to the sort of uh, demographics we come from right so isha you had talked about now these all these stakeholders or uh, the volunteer organizations everyone sort of engaging in the space of internet governance and you are also mentioned you know the how the forum kind of brought in attention to the issue of internet uh, governance especially in a country like um, india where not many would be sort of aware of this you know even though they might use the internet every day uh, they are not aware of what goes in behind the scenes so 
so what are some of the you know focus areas you think anyone engaging with the uh, internet governance you know they should speci- uh, they should like sort of uh, zone in on uh, especially uh, talking about india i before that i have a quick uh, clarification question ashka when you were talking about mm-hmm. uh, did you mean the indian internet governance sort of broad attention or do you mean the like i just wanted to clarify that yeah um, you know attention towards uh, you had mentioned how you know whether there are very handful of let's say representatives actually talking um, about you mean certain... global uh, institutions yeah yeah global and um, if there are specific to india also that would also be great if you could mention. okay so um most of these internet governance discussions or policy formulations or so to speak are happening at the global level i mean i mean i'm not saying that that takes away the, the sort of the sort of internet policies pertaining to the governance of the internet that happen domestically that's separate uh, but just wanted to sort of uh, segregate that so when i when i'm talking about volunteer fatigue and when i'm talking about representation i mean that there is uh, not enough representation at these sort of uh, international forums i mean and specifically speaking about i can in this context and um, some of it is by design for sure you know i mean uh, but apart from it it's also about our inip- i mean I, and that's something again what i felt based on my experience is that a lot of as you rightly said like a lot of us are using the internet but uh, we really don't know what it is like or how, how are the policies made who's making those policies um are, are the governments of various uh, countries sitting together to make this policy i mean i mean a lot of us for a lot of us it's like we don't know what really happens so so of course the first sort of priority would be to sort of um uh, have a cadence of people who are interested in these issues who are made aware of these issues and then you know obviously to weigh in what is their opinion um, um what do you th- what do they think is working or what do they think is not working and therein it becomes also important to sort of then engage with the international community where most of these pdps or policy development processes are being formed i mean you know going on and that will be harder than than what it looks like i mean and i don't want to be this person who comes in here and who tells everybody that you know what it's a bottom up approach you just sign up and you just start start speaking it's going to happen it it may or may not happen but i do think that's a step one that we need more people sort of getting up and saying that you know this is hey this is not working hey you you say that you are a diverse organization but where is the diversity you say you you are an inclusive organization so we don't see the inclusion i think that is definitely a step one where more people and i don't mean i mean the indian government does send its uh, delegates for the government advisory committee but that's again an advisory committee i also mean in the other sort of sos and acs we need more participation and we need consistent participation that being said you need a regular set of stakeholders who sort of engage with it continuously and that is where doing it out of sole interest might become tricky or is not really sustainable in the long term back home you know uh, this is like how you engage better with the global institutions domestically also i think that one sort of area that even uh, the government has sort of 
um, pushed for, and I do know that uh, Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology. I mean, this is this features high on their areas of priority. Uh, uh, where Internet Governance Division is concerned, National Internet Exchange of India, all of them for them, multilingual internet or is is sort of one of those important areas, right? Um, and in that, just having an internationalized domain name, which means like your domain name in your language, which is uh, .bharat. Is not going to be enough. You also need the sort of an ecosystem for it, right? You need content created, put out there, because you also have to understand that the next generation of users, uh, majority of, for instance, let me put it this way, majority of people who are using the internet traverse the internet in English as a language, right? They're comfortable with English as a medium uh, uh, and, and are able to express themselves. But there's also the other out there, the other sort of segment out there, which would uh, which still wants to sort of uh, do it in their own uh, mother tongue. And I think so you also, I mean, uh, ICANN has sort of allowed you to have internationalized domain names and, and we do have them, but there also has to be a supporting ecosystem, meaning you have to have enough content for people to be able to do that, uh, to continuously engage. Um, and that is, I think, very important. So, so multilingual internet, making internet available for all in their languages, I think is again another area that we really have to focus on and focus towards. Second, I also feel that uh, uh, digital literacy is again an area, I mean, which is again a very, very broad area and, and we, it may not sort of fit into this microcosm of what we're trying to say, but I do feel that their niche people need to be made more aware of the, how they're engaging with this medium and on the kind of choices that they're making in this medium. Again, that is something that can that has to be done in collaboration uh, and, and civil society and government has to sort of come together and uh, talk about it. Uh, and again, very narrowly speaking, you know, I would say that um, uh, ICRIA's findings from the domain name industry study uh, talked about how uh, domain name penetration is still not what it should be for the country. And, and that there can be sort of areas that we look at, we look to improve uh, uh, the number of registration on .in, which is your country code top level domain, are still lower than .com. But that, that, those are again, so you, you just have to create an ecosystem where users are more aware about the issues and also about the opportunities that they have. And uh, also sort of like, as I said, the risks that may lurk in the digital space, that is sort of your domestic space. And in the international sort of space, we have to have to, at, at some level, start consistent engagement. That is how I feel that we will be able to sort of get the sort of voice we want. Yeah, um, I think this conversation has really highlighted the need for uh, diverse opinions when it comes to, you know, talking about uh, Internet governance, but because the users are so diverse, but you've also sort of highlighted the problem with the, you know, multi-stakeholder approach that there are so many different opinions. How do we kind of collate and bring it together? And uh, you've also talked about uh, the international volunteer organizations and, you know, various debates uh, surrounding the Internet governance. So it has really been a very comprehensive and interesting uh, conversation. Thank you so much, Isha, for joining us today. It's been lovely to have you here. Thanks, Ashika. Thank you, Shiva. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Shiva, for co-hosting as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Bye-bye.